0: hey everybody welcome to the fantasy players club i'm your host levi valentine at levi underscore valentine on twitter joining me as my co-host brent hud hud hikes follow him at brent hikes h-e-i-k-e-s on twitter brent big news for your kansas city chiefs today news big news breaking news Patrick Mahomes agreed to a 10-year, $450 million extension with the Chiefs with the potential to earn as much as $503 million through incentives. The deal includes an injury guarantee of $140 million. The extension will not begin until after the 2021 season, which will conclude his five-year rookie contract, so he will be tied to Kansas City through the 2031 season. Uh, his guaranteed salary for the upcoming season is only $2.7 million on that rookie deal. His 2021 salary will be $24.8 Twenty four point eight million, still a relative bargain for Mahomes. Uh, when his extension is complete, he will be 36 years old. He now has the richest contract in professional sports history. Brent, I believe you may be a little partial to the Chiefs. How do you feel about this?
1: I'm excited. It's awesome news for Chiefs fans. Um, it's crazy to see that type of money in 10 years. 10 years, that's that's crazy. $503 million through incentives. That's, that's half a billion dollars right there. You don't see that very often in sports contracts. So that's awesome for Kansas City Chiefs fans. Obviously, it's great for Mahomes. Um, yes, in six or seven years, there might be another – Team that that'll pay their quarterback more than Mahomes, but I mean, let's let's be honest. I, I don't think I, Mahomes will get his money elsewhere through through other um, through his sh- shoe deals and all that. So um, I, I think I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be <laughs> he'll definitely be fine. Um, but um, I, I want to look at this as a, as a fantasy perspective, though. I mean, this is a fantasy show. I think this proves that Mahomes is worthy of a first round pick in dynasty leagues. I think it proves that he's worth worthy of the first overall pick in superflex leavess leagues um with superflex leaves leagues you get the you have two quarterbacks that you can start, and quarterbacks is such a valuable position in Superflex. And with quarterbacks getting ten-year, I mean ten-year extensions on their current contract, that's huge. You ha- you're set at quarterback if you have Patrick Mahomes in a dynasty league or a superflex dynasty league. You're set with a quarterback with a great quarterback. You know one that'll be within the top two or three of all quarterbacks every year, year in and year out, um, for twelve to how many more? How many more years? Maybe fourteen. I mean that that's crazy. I know you said it'll be 36 when his when his contract is up, maybe he can go a few years after that. Um either way, if if he just plays those those final 12 years out, he's already played two or three two full seasons. So that's 14 years of having a top quarterback on your dynasty team. That's that's great. I'd much much rather have that than a short-term running back. So this leads me to my question. Would you rather have Patrick Mahomes for 12 to 15 years on your dynasty team, or would you rather have someone like Saquon Barkley for four to five years? That's all you know.
0: Is this a super flex league, or is this a single
1: quarterback league? Whatever you want, whatever you want. You, you can tell me if, if, if you change your mind, or, or basically – Tell me for both. Tell me for both.
0: In Superflex, I would lean probably more towards Mahomes at this point, although I do think it is close with Saquon Barkley. Uh, Just the value of quarterbacks in that format, your value over the replacement that you would be getting at either that first or second quarterback spot is so significant with Mahomes. And as you mentioned, for such a long period, that that really increases his value in that format. In single quarterback, I would probably lean towards Saquon Barkley just because I think the running back is so shallow at this point and granted we're getting a pretty big influx this year but there's I think Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey are a tier above everybody else at this point uh Saquon Barkley is only one year into his career and I, I think the value that you're going to be able to get for him in a trade if you were to do that in a single quarterback league is going to be much more than you would be able to get for Mahomes in that same format. And so I think both his actual value as far as what you would be replacing him with a running back, unless you got Christian McCaffrey in a trade compared to his value uh, is better in that single quarterback league. And I also think that um, what you would be able to get for him is – also much higher than what you'd be able to get for Mahomes.
1: Do you still would prefer Mahomes in both formats? If I'm getting Mahomes for 12 to 15 years compared to Saquon for four to five years, and I mean, I know those years can fluctuate. Mahomes might not be able to last 12 to 15 years and Saquon might be able to last six years, six or seven years, who knows. I'm still taking my chance with Mahomes. It's more likely that he'll be around for 12 to 15 years than Saquon for more than five years. It's, I mean, he's a once in a lifetime talent. If he keeps on going like this, his fantasy numbers will be ridiculous. And and maybe, I mean, who's not to say that Saquon's not going to share his job his last couple years in, in the NFL? So. It's not like he, I mean Saquon is a full-time running back right now. I mean maybe in the year twenty twenty-two, twenty twenty-three, he'll be sharing time with some 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 high school guy or some some young college player. So I mean there's no guarantee. I know Mahomes won't be sharing sharing any time <laughs> with, with with another quarterback. So yeah, that's I why sp- I'm thinking Mahomes.
0: Yeah, I just go back to positional scarcity and the difference between. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey and what you would be replacing them with as far as fantasy point
1: production. That's that's why you always update your running backs. (laughs) Get them in the second round. You're going to have to get those timeshare running backs like I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There are definitely definitely two different strategies here, so something for everybody, I suppose. Uh, I do agree with you on Mahomes' future is obviously very bright. The, The one thing that would make me a little nervous is if Andy Reid has a heart attack, God forbid, and he has to, or, you know, or calls it quits and decides to retire at some point. I think obviously Mahomes is still going to be a great quarterback, but I think Andy Reid provides a lot of value with just his ability as an offensive play caller and as a play designer and just the architect of that offense. Obviously Mahomes executes it at a very high level, but Andy Reid is the wizard behind the curtain pulling the strings to make that offense go.
1: I agree.
0: I agree with that. Andy Reid is 62 now, so by the time this deal is over, he will be 74. So there's a I mean, it's, possibility it's, <laughs> that he is not around for this entire contract.
1: It's a very good possibility. As long as teams keep on passing on Eric Bieniemy, their their offensive coordinator, um, I expect him to take over, yeah. especially if they're doing well. and I, I don't think they'd miss much if they kept him. Yeah, it's hard to tell
0: how much of it's him and how much of it's Andy, but I am shocked that Eric Biennemi was not hired by a different team this offseason. just blows my mind because you saw what happened with Sean McVay in Los Angeles when they had that tremendous offensive year and went to the Super Bowl and everybody who ever had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay was getting a head coaching interview or job in a lot of Mm -hmm. cases, other places, and now you have the offensive coordinator for the best offense in the NFL over the past couple of seasons. and nobody is interested in hiring that guy. I mean, that's hard to believe. Yeah.
1: I don't understand it, but I mean, mean, it's good for Chiefs fans. Yeah. Good for the Chiefs. I
0: tweeted when this news came out that they secured their dynasty between the the dollars that Mahomes is earning right now, and I tweeted this out. uh, That allows them so much flexibility, especially as we all assume the cap will rise over the next few years. Uh, and what his salary to do in comparison to that calf being relatively stable is just going to give them so much opportunity to put a lot of talent around him and really compete for championships year in and year out. Uh, nice. I tweeted out, and this came from CBS Sports, currently the average annual value of the top quarterbacks right now. So you have obviously Mahomes is at $45 million now, 10 years for him, $50 million with his extension. Russell Wilson is at thirty-five million. He's the next highest. Ben Roethlisberger thirty-four million. Aaron Rodgers thirty-three and a half. Jared Goff thirty-three and a half. Kirk Cousins thirty-three. Carson Wentz thirty-two. It's not going to be that long until the rest of those top quarterbacks are matching or exceeding the average annual value that Mahomes is getting from the Chiefs and. He's just going to look like such a bargain if this deal stays how it is for all 10 years of the extension that it's not even going to be funny just how much talent the Chiefs are able to put <laughs> around him. Yeah. Based on everything I've seen about this contract, maybe there's something I'm missing, but it seems like a home run deal for the Chiefs, no doubt.
1: I think give him great offensive linemen to protect him. And honestly, I don't think he needs any great receivers. Get him a few average, above-average receivers, a few average, average, above-average running backs. He can make them look great, especially when we're talking fantasy. So get get, get him a good offensive line. Yeah, He'll, He'll get you good numbers.
0: That works for a while, but we are saying towards the tail end that it can be difficult for a quarterback to sustain. For example, you look at Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. He has Devontae Adams and then not much else. And he isn't able any longer to elevate those subpar second, third options in the receiving game to be players you want to own in fantasy. Uh, so, at, For now, I agree that Mahomes can elevate subpar, mediocre players like that to be really good producers in an offense, but quarterbacks aren't always able to do that for their entire career and maybe Mahomes will be different we'll see but I think with where they're going to be at cap wise it's going to be they're going to be set up well to put whatever they think they need around him to be able to be competitive and in Super Bowls year in and year out and man I don't know you mentioned he'll be 36 at the end of this and they probably have a few years left if he goes the Tom Brady route there could be eight years left for him in his career after that and (laughs) <laughs> he could still be playing at a high level. So the championship window for Kansas City is going to be wide open for a long time.
1: I'll take 20 years and win some of my <laughs> dynasty teams. <laughs> yeah. That,
0: it, there's a lot to be excited about there. So moving on to our second headline Uh, earlier this week, the NFL decided to shorten its preseason from four weeks to two to account for the coronavirus pandemic and the ways in which it's affecting the league's ability to start the season. The players don't think that move went far enough though. The PA said Friday that the union's recommendation that the player representatives had voted to recommend scrapping all 2020 preseason games came to a vote uh, during their conference call the vote was unanimous to recommend that they get rid of all the preseason games. It's not really clear whether the NFL is actually going to consider that or not. They haven't even yet formally announced the reduction from four to two, but they say that decision's been made according to the reports that the beat writers and such are putting out there. So with training camp set to begin you know, in just a couple of weeks, three weeks now, July twenty eighth is when most teams are reporting. This is gonna be something that'll probably have to be decided pretty quickly. And Brent, what do you think that impact will be on the fantasy outlook for some of these players if there are no preseason games?
1: Well, if there are none, um there'll be a that'll there'll definitely be an impact there. I, I do like the two game structure though. I I kinda like that for all years. I, I think four and a couple teams actually have five, four preseason games. That I think is too much. Two is perfect. Zero, I don't like at all. Especially, especially during this COVID season. I think did they, they end up? Have... Did they end
0: up going to two under the new CBA? I can't remember if they were. I know that was one of the things they were talking about. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I know there is talk. I know there is talk, but I know they planned on having four this year. Yeah. So. Um but yeah, the, the four the four I mean it's good for players that are trying to make a roster spot I mean they might perform well in out of four chances in a game. So that I mean just that good game might get a certain player a roster spot. So that kind of sucks for them, honestly. It hurts the bubble players. If you think of guys like Philip Lindsay, Victor Cruz during their rookie year in preseason, they had great preseason games, and um, that got them, that basically locked them up. A, I mean, a starting spot or at least a second string to be to start the year, and it gave the coaches a sense of calmness to give them the opportunities early on, even on even in week one. Now. Now, those types of players might not get the opportunity. They might show their they might show some flashes during practice, and they'll probably make the team. But are the coaches willing to give those guys big opportunities early on in the year? So, I don't. I, I don't think so. If you think of Alvin Kamara, he was like a third or fourth round pick. He had a great preseason, and the coaches saw that, and they gave him. A lot of opportunities early on in the year, and and look at Elvin Kamara now. So, you you might not see. I mean, with only two games or possibly zero games, you might not see those rookies come out and perform like like we usually do. So, some of the veteran players might get early chances. So, yeah. I, I honestly hope they have two at least. I mean, that, that's what I want is two. Um, but zero, that I don't think I'd like that. Mainly because, because of those reasons, and for a selfish reason too, because I just want to see some football on TV. Yeah, what are I your
0: thoughts? If there's two, I think it's a minimal impact. Like you mentioned, it's they're still going to find the way to get the ch- guys who are fighting for a roster spot and the rookies onto the field and get some experience in those couple games. And I don't think it has a big impact on the regular season. The veterans don't need to play in these preseason games to be ready. The I looked it up, and there was a reduction in the preseason as part of the new CBA. When they go to uh, 2021, when they have the 17-game regular season, that each team will play three preseason games instead of four. So it doesn't go down to two, but there was a reduction to one. The fourth week turns into a bye. So we will have a similar setup going forward. If it is two this year, like I said, I don't think it matters. If it is zero, I think that I would be – a little more hesitant to pick a rookie player uh, in a redraft league for this season, because I think it'll take them a little bit longer to gain the trust of the coaches. Like you mentioned, Brandon get on the field and uh, maybe get that playing time that they otherwise would have. Uh, And I think also for, for dynasty, I don't know that it really changes much for me since you're drafting those players for their whole career. If they miss a few games or get a few less touches in some of the early games this season, that's not really something worth moving them up or down your board based on that. But for redraft, yeah, I would be a little hesitant um, to take a rookie. If they don't have any preseason exposure and you don't get a chance to see, you know, how they're looking and the coaches don't get a chance to gain that level of trust with those players. I
1: agree. I agree. I hope to see football soon. So about, about a month away, aren't we? We are. A little bit more. Yeah. As long as they have these preseason games.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting over the next month when we start to have teams, college teams, start to practice and baseball and basketball come back. That'll really, you know, give us a lot of insight one way or the other into how feasible all this is going to be this fall. So fingers crossed.
1: So um, we have a commercial from one of our sponsors. So I will go ahead and get that started for you guys.
2: Fellas, do you find yourself sometimes having performance issues? Do you feel low all the time? Like there's just nothing that can get you excited. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Studies show that over 80% of men will swear this never happens at some point in their life. In the past, this was just something you had to live with. You'd travel to the next town and try to outrun the stories of your failures. I want to introduce you to Greek. You no longer have to go to embarrassing doctor visits. This will ship in discreet packages right to your door. This once daily pill will bring a whole new meaning to the word gladiator. Guys, it's 2020. Time to start preparing for battle by putting on our hard hats and unsheathing our swords. This is Levi Valentine, the co-host of Fantasy Players Club and proud spokesman for the Greek products. I wouldn't put my name and reputation on something I don't believe in myself. And let me tell you, there are two big believers of the Greek products in the Valentine household. Before I found Greek, I found myself pushing rope way too frequently. Without wanting to go to the doctor, I had resigned myself to being okay with it. Now, it's a whole new ball game. My wife calls me Captain Concrete, and I've got a zipper breaker that could puncture a bulletproof vest. Thank you, Greek. Because of your products, there are a lot more smiles around this house. Thank, Thank you, Greek.
1: Yes, Greek. Thank you from our sponsor.
0: <laughs> I'm a proud spokesman for Greek. Get yours today, folks. That was great. That was fantastic. (laughs) Oh, man. That said, shall we move on to the main event?
3: Yes, let's do it. And now for our main event. All right.
0: So for our main event tonight, we're continuing our divisional previews, uh, but we're doing it a little differently tonight and try to give you guys the most value in the least amount of time as we can. So instead of going player by player, team by team, we're going to highlight a few players from each division, or at least tonight we're going to try this and see how it goes. We're going to highlight a few players from each division uh, and say we're going to highlight a dynasty buy, a dynasty sell, a dynasty stash, a redraft sleeper, and a redraft, we're calling them dodge, a player to avoid at their current ADP. So Brent, why don't you start us off with your dynasty bye, and the division we're doing tonight is the AFC North.
1: Dynasty bye. um I am going with J.K. Dobbins. Can't go wrong with where he's going um, in, in in the draft. Um, he, he, but we talked about this a few Um, episodes ago I don't like him much for this year but for dynasty I do like him he's he's in a good offense with Lamar Jackson the running offense Um, I see I see some big big potential out of him coming up uh, in 2021 and I want to throw someone else in this dynasty by too and again I talked about him a few episodes ago I think it was probably the same episode but Joe Burrow. he's another He's gonna have a good year for the Bengals. There you are shaking your head. There you are. Um, who are your dynasty buys then?
0: You have an obsession with Joe Burrow. Uh, <laughs> I like those. Well. You got a two for there, a little extra yeah, for the people.
1: Yeah. Brent, I, man been, the I people. couldn't just decide. Couldn't just decide on one. I had to pick two.
0: <laughs> I take two Greeks, and boy, you should be around those guys. <laughs> Four hours. Try eight. so my dynasty buy is jarvis landry and you won't need greek if you buy him he turns 28 in november was number 21 in fantasy points per game last season 14.8 points he had 987 yards in 2017 976 in 2018 if he had hit a thousand in those seasons which fell just short he'd have five consecutive years of thousand yard seasons you know who has five thousand five (laughs) consecutive Five years of 1,000-yard seasons, Brent, besides Jarvis Landry falling just short. His teammate Odell Beckham has five such seasons. Odell is going much higher in both redraft and 5th Dynasty Leagues because of the name recognition value he made that one catch, you know, a few years ago, and that's propelled his value all these years to be significantly higher than Jarvis, even though his production hasn't been that much better. Uh... Only 34 players have over five 1,000-yard seasons in their career in NFL history. Fun fact for you, Brent. So Jarvis Landry has a chance to get his name here in some pretty elite company from a yardage perspective if he's able to keep this going. He played in every game for all six seasons so far in his career, so you're getting consistent production week to week. You're getting a guy who doesn't miss games. Maybe he doesn't have the upside that Odell has, but his production on the field is speaks for itself today, date, man. I mean, he's a solid, you know, wide receiver two, flex, a strong flex spot or you know, a decent wide receiver two in both redraft and dynasty this year. In my dynasty, buy because I think you can get him for pretty cheap compared to some of the other players with similar or lesser production.
1: I like that. I think you sold me on Jarvis Landry. It's not very often you see a player that I... plays every single game for six years. That's I mean, it's, it's nice to have a guy like that. Yeah, and his rookie
0: year, I think he had around 750 yards, but every year since then he's been right around that 1,100-yard mark. So very productive in yeah. addition. And, and, and I agree, the-
1: his, his ceiling is not as high as Odell's, but dang, I like that. Good call. Dynasty sell. I'll let you go first this time. Dynasty Cell. Dynasty sell.
0: Well, my dynasty sell aligns well with your dynasty buy of J.K. Dobbins because I'm selling Mark Ingram. He turns 31 in December. He's the free agent until 2022, but his dead cap number is only 1.3 million dollars after this season, so he'd be pretty easy for the uh, Ravens to cut if they'd like and move on to J.K. Dobbins after this season as full-time workhorse back in the backfield. Uh, Dobbins is a threat to take the job this year, uh, potentially later in this year, uh, if he you know doesn't. Get a lot of preseason work like we just talked about, but he could definitely take the lead job in that backfield, and I think he's very likely to assume it for twenty twenty one. Whether Ingram is there or not, just between Ingram's age and you know Dobbins' upside, so I would sell Mark Ingram while you can if you're not planning on competing for a championship this year, or if you get a few games in, and he thinks that that's not realistic because he will have value to somebody who is competing this year, and you might be able to get a pretty good asset for him if you sell him before the trade deadline in your dynasty league.
1: Good. Um, My sell, I'm going to give you two again this time. I'm sorry. (laughs) But uh, the first one is only if you can really afford it. This might, I don't want to ruffle any any feathers with you. If you're able to sell Lamar Jackson, sell him. I mean, you got to get a great deal out of it. I mean, not saying just try to throw him out there for anything. You got to get yourself a great deal if you can afford. If you have, if if you have like another good quarterback backing backing him up, or or two quarterbacks backing him up, sell them if you get a good deal. I, I mean, there's going to be some players or some fantasy owners that will absolutely love them, and they might even overpay. You can be set for your draft picks and your fantasy. Um fantasy draft picks for the next couple years if you get rid of maybe you can get a stud running back while you're at it so I'm just throwing Lamar Jackson out there
0: yeah I think anytime you have a player who's been number one at this position and had probably potentially his career year from a fantasy point perspective you would be foolish to not at least test the market Lamar Jackson certainly falls into that category along with Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas who both potentially just had their best years of their career as well
1: yeah Um, But my official sell will be Baker Mayfield. I I think if you have him, try to get rid of him. Um, (laughs) If you can't get rid of him, you better make sure that you have Case Keenum on your team because I I have a bad feeling about about this whole Brown situation at quarterback. I I don't think it's going to end well for Baker Mayfield, Odell, Jarvis Landry even. So I, I just got a bad feeling about it all. Who's your sell? Oh, you already said your <laughs> Yeah. Who's your so, stash? Or did you want to have, a, you have a, any comments on Baker Mayfield?
0: Yeah, I kind of fell off the Baker bandwagon last year too. He's just, he makes me nervous. I don't, I wouldn't blame you for selling. And I think you sold him in the league recently, didn't you, Brad?
1: Yes, I did. I, I can't remember who I got though.
0: I think it was Drew Brees and Justin Herbert. And that was on a single quarterback league. Oh, I
1: love that trade. I, I, think, <laughs> I think you're right. I love that.
0: <laughs> so if you could get something like that, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Justin Herbert. I think it's yeah. fine. But with, if you're competing with Drew Brees, certainly has a lot of value. And Justin Herbert has upside, even if you know, yeah. you're not as optimistic about him. He could easily be as good as Baker Mayfield from a fantasy perspective with his athleticism and potentially adding value with his legs.
1: I agree. My
0: stash is Anthony McFarland. So the case for Anthony McFarland is that James Conner is an unrestricted free agent after this season. Uh, McFarland is a little bit of a later pick in the rookie drafts. He's currently going 27th overall uh, in rookie drafts for DLF's May ADP data. So you can get him in the third round if you're in the 12-team league. Uh, I think he has a possibility to get some work this year and potentially take over that job if Connor leaves in free agency next year. He has good size at 208 pounds. He's only five eight, so pretty good BMI, uh, 80th percentile. Ran a 4.440, so 4, 4.44 actually. So he's got really good burst, good speed. <laughs> could see him being very productive in that offense and they like to run the ball there in Pittsburgh uh, McFarland had a good college career and he could catch the ball too he had 17 catches on 26 targets last year and a 7% target share in that Maryland offense so I, I don't think Jalen Samuels is the answer I could see McFarland easily starting as number two in that backfield and maybe you know being set up for an opportunity to take over that job going into 2021
1: I you know. <laughs> it, you t- luckily, I put two players down for most <laughs> of the categories that we talked about. But I also put Anthony McFarland down. I agree with you; he has a chance to be the lead back by the end of the year. I like him. I, I like him a lot. Um, but the guy or the my backup situation for my dynasty stash—they might not do anything this year, but it'll be interesting to see if they can overtake this guy's position. Um, we all know Gio Bernard. He's been their third round back for a while now, backup running back at, at the Bengals, backing up Joe Mixon. I like Joe Mixon. I'm interested to see if Travion Williams and Rodney Anderson can take over that backup running back at Cincinnati. Um, we know Mixon ha- Mixon's going to be a free agent coming up, and with what we're seeing out of these running backs lately, is they're not getting their contracts that they want. Maybe he might go elsewhere. So Travion Williams and Rodney Anderson, whoever wins out of that battle for the for the second, or if they can beat out Gio Bernard, that's the guy that I want to have this year. So I can't tell you who it's going to be, but if I were to take a guess out of those two, it would be Travion Williams because Rodney Anderson and his injury history, he's been... He had career in that career. He had season-ending in injuries the last couple of years, um, but he is one heck of a running back if he's healthy. Um, so I'm picking. Those are my stash. I, I do. I own both of those guys in a lot of my dynasty leagues. So I'm excited to see it play out. Maybe it won't play out good for them, but I'm definitely taking a chance on a, in a dynasty yeah. with those two guys.
0: Yeah, Rodney Anderson tore his ACL in preseason last year and missed the mm-hmm. entire season, of course. And they both have they were both six round picks in that same 2019 draft, so not a lot of difference there as far as draft capital invested by the team. Uh, Rodney Anderson is a little more of your prototypical workhorse size, at six foot, two hundred twenty four pounds. Trayvon Williams is a little smaller, at five, eight, 206, but still very good BMI for him. Uh, when you look at Trayvon Williams, I think he has a really good chance to step into that Gio Bernard role just with his receiving ability in college. He had 19 catches, 20 catches and 27 catches during his last season. So he is a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Rodney Williams had 17 catches in 2017, so he was okay that year as well. But like you mentioned, he just really has that one good year in 2017. 2018, he was injured, only played in two games. We'll see. I think there is potential there for one of those to be a worthwhile stash. It's just hard to tell which one at this point. I
1: know. I
0: agree. All right, Brent. You're bringing all kinds of value for the people. Two in each category. <laughs> so who's yeah. your sleeper? Sleeper? I and got... this is Redraft now, so we moved on. Redraft, to to sleep. redraft
1: Sleeper. <laughs> Here I am going with multiple people again, but this is a, <laughs> this is like a whole group. I'm going to say Pittsburgh receiving core. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this is assuming Big Ben's going to be healthy. Juju's going to have a better year. Deontay Johnson's going to have a good year. Um, Chase Claypool was going to have a good year. I'm thinking James Washington is on his way out, and Eric Ebron is going to have a good year as a tight end. So I, I, I discussed the Pittsburgh receivers before. But I, I, I really, I mean, Juju is a great receiver. Deontay Johnson is, is another good receiver that I know he's kind of shooting up the eighty, shooting up like all these boards. On especially shoot his ADP is going up too. It's it's crazy to see that. So it might it might be to the point where I might not be drafting him because he, his ADP is getting so high. But I really like his route running. He, he's a good athlete. He just, he just seems like a really good natural receiver, and I really think Big Ben will like having him as a wide receiver. He's in a similar mold, as I hate to say it, but a similar mold as Antonio Brown. So maybe – I mean, I would not be surprised to see Deontay Johnson surpass Juju Smith. I, I always get his name wrong. I'm just going to call him Juju from now on. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see Deontay Johnson surpass Juju for Pittsburgh's number one wide receiver this year. So,
0: Deontay's ADP on ESPN at least isn't as high as I thought it might be. He's currently going 112th overall, right between Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders. So honestly, I didn't think that was as bad as... It might be on other websites. We'll see. i I know he's getting up there getting a lot of helium and I mm-hmm. expect that'll probably continue over the next month or two before we start the season because that high train is going full steam ahead. The other yeah. thing that kind of surprised me on those two guys, Juju hasn't fallen as far in drafts as I thought he might. So he's going thirty second overall, right behind DJ Moore and right behind right ahead of Allen Robinson and Odell Beckham. So that was actually higher than I expected just because last year was a pretty down year for him. I Apparently everybody's on him and that, you know, a lot of that was probably driven by Ben Roethlisberger being out in the poor quarterback play and, you know, adjusting to life without Antonio Brown and maybe they figure out a way to recapture some of his value in that offense this year. And then with Ben coming back, that certainly helped too if he's able to get back to where he was. But I don't know. I, I like Juju a lot. I was just surprised he didn't really drop as far as I thought he might.
1: Yeah, I, I think people are just realizing that. I mean, look at look at Juju's quarterbacks last year: Hodges, Rudolph, not that good. Yeah. Now, now he has a proven quarterback. I mean, a quarterback that's proven that works out for him. So. Yeah.
0: But then I look at – so you could say that same thing about D.J. Moore. Obviously, he had terrible quarterback play last year once Cam went
1: down. and not, he, not as bad as Juju, though. <laughs> I don't know. It was not good. <laughs> yeah. DJ Juju's actually proven it in the league, though. D.J. Moore really, really hasn't. So last year,
0: D.J. Moore had 87 catches for 1,175 yards and four touchdowns. Like, that's a good year. I would say that's proven it in the league. Juju had 42 catches for 552 yards and three touchdowns.
1: Look at the year before that.
0: <laughs> yes, I know Juju had a really good year the year before that. I, <laughs> my point was, you know, I know they're different players, but DJ Moore was able to overcome some of that, and Juju struggled a little bit. The year before, you're right, DJ Moore or Juju Smith-Schuster had 111 catches for 1,426 yards. There's no doubt he's a tremendous player. I am just, you know, surprised a little bit that they're that close together, just based on what DJ Moore was able to do last season. That's all. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My redraft sleeper is Austin Hooper. So ESPN ADP has him at 125th overall, the number 14 tight end going off the board. He was number three in fantasy points per game last season. He's finished no lower than seventh among tight ends in routes, targets, receptions, or receiving yards each of the last two years. Posted career-high marks last year in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns, despite missing three games. His fantasy's top-scoring tight end prior to suffering an injury in Week 10 The Browns just made him the highest paid tight end in the NFL this offseason, and he's currently going behind Tyler Higbee, who's going as tight end 8, Jared Cook, who's going as tight end 10, and his replacement in Atlanta, Hayden Hurst, who's going as tight end 12. Just an incredible amount of disrespect for Austin Hooper, in my opinion. I think he's proven that he's not just a product of that offense or a flash in the pan, and I don't necessarily expect Hayden Hurst to just go in there and replicate those stats. I think Austin Hooper has a little a lot more skilled than he's been given credit for as opposed to just being a system tight end. And I think that, you know, with the way they paid him this offseason, the Browns are very likely to uh, try to get him very involved in the offense and show that that investment was worth it. So I don't know why it is that he's going tight end 14, not even a fantasy starter in most leagues at that ADP and he's performed like that high end fantasy starter last year and over the past couple of years based on those, Numbers I just quoted, so Brent, that's my redraft sleeper.
1: I mean, you put it. You put up some good points. You put up some good points. He, great stats, good numbers, nice data. Um, I'm going to say a name that's going to throw all that out the window: Baker Mayfield. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> you don't think you can get the ball, Austin Hooper? No, he might be able to dump it off the cream hunt every once in a while. And, <laughs> Jarvis Landry, Jar- Jarvis Landry, because seems like Jarvis Landry only does routes that are only like five five yards or less. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I like Hooper. He, he he did really good for the Falcons last year. It's just, uh, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see when Keenum gets in there. Maybe he can he can find Hooper.
0: <laughs> Man, you're really down on Baker. I am, I am. Yeah, all I'm saying is Austin Hooper doesn't have to do a lot to deliver on his current ADP at tight end 14. Uh, I mean, that's pretty low risk and I think pretty significant upside if he's even able to do, you know, 80% of what he did last year in in Atlanta. So I would certainly, in my opinion, take him over Hayden Hurst. But we'll see how it plays out. Uh, My redraft dodge, uh, I'll let you take this one, Brent. All right. who's
1: your dodge Hollywood Brown, Baltimore Ravens he He kind of broke out early last year broke broke out of the scene and yeah. he kind of surprised a lot of people with his speed he He looked really good. Lamar Jackson got him the ball, scored a couple touchdowns early. that first game he had
0: thirty point seven fantasy points, number five receiver in week one last year. I remember that he, he came out looking like a stud. He ran six routes and had five targets, two touchdowns, 147 <laughs> yards.
1: Jeez. Well, um, he might have games like that next year. Yeah, It's important yeah. to point out that was against the Dolphins, by the way. Good point. Good point. And unfortunately, teams have caught on to Hollywood Brown. He has great speed. Maybe he kind of took took teams by surprise last year with his speed and and Lamar Jackson's my Lamar Jackson might have kind of took team by surprise with with they thought he was probably a little bit worse passer than he he actually was. He's actually a decent passer. Lamar Jackson was. Um, and with Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, with his injury, with his injuries last year, he seemed like every game he was hurt with a hamstring or, or something else. And I, I see that he played fourteen games, so he played through it. But there were some games where he just didn't look, look the same.
0: Yeah, his injuries. So he had the surgery before last season for a list frank injury that caused him to miss the combine and all the pre-draft process. He had an ankle sprain in week five, which caused him to miss two games, and he appeared on seven injury reports, and then a thigh strain in week 10 that caused him to miss zero games, but he appeared on one injury report with that. So.
1: Yeah, it seems, yeah, he was on an injury report like every week. and. I, I'm I'm staying away. I'm dodging him in all my redrafts this year. I just don't see him being on, on my team because I just don't want to deal with that this year. I mean, yeah, he might have his big games. In a way, he kind of reminds me of Will Fuller where he might have the big games, but there's going to be games where he won't – he'll be gone. I mean, he'll just be maybe one catch for 25 yards. I'm, I'm just staying away. Who's your dodge? <laughs>
0: We have the same one, conveniently enough. So, uh, Mine is also Marquise Hollywood-Brown. So ESPN ADP has him at 77th overall, number 32 wide receiver currently. So he's going right after Tyler Boyd and Michael Gallup, and I would prefer both of those receivers to him pretty easily. And right before Julian Edelman and Marvin Jones, those would be a little closer for me, but I don't think either of them has the upside of Brown, but they have you know consistent production on a week-to-week basis. And potentially, although not the upside, the higher floors on a weekly basis. When you look at Marquise Brown, you mentioned one of the things that concerns you is his volatility. So he has relatively low volume as far as the number of routes and targets he was running. And he really faded down the stretch last season. You look at uh, his last few games, he had two targets, two catches in week 17. Two targets, one catch. Four targets, four catches. Three targets, three catches. Two targets, one catch. So down the stretch last season, he really wasn't getting a lot of volume, and he's really one of those players you mentioned, Will Fuller. I could also see a Deshaun Jackson comparison, where when he has a good week, it's going to be really good. We mentioned that week one last season where he just exploded. Doesn't take a lot of targets or routes to have a lot of production when he gets one of those deep balls and uses his speed to take it to the house. But it's hard to count on that on a weekly basis if you're in a best ball week. He could be a great receiver in that format because when he has a really good week, he's going to be very valuable. And when he doesn't, he's not going to be a starter for you. But uh, as far as redraft, it's hard to feel confident putting him in your lineup on a weekly basis. The other things that kind of concern me about Marquise Brown with that ADP, the Ravens love to run the ball. They're probably going to be really good again this year. There's a high probability that he has negative game script and limited passing as a result of that. So if they're not passing the ball a lot, that means not as many targets from where he's found, not as many opportunities for him to get those big plays down the field. You mentioned the injury history. Uh, He's 5'9", 166 pounds. He is a small receiver. And so with that, the concern I always have is that he will be more likely to get injured and more easily injured. And so far we haven't seen a lot to give us – comfort that that won't be the case in the NFL. So those are kind of the things that concern me about Marquise Brown and why I'm probably avoiding him and redrafted his current ADP, and he probably won't be on any of my rosters this season.
1: Same with me. And another another thing I want to throw out there too is they have other young receivers. They got two more this this past draft, Um, and last year they got Miles Boykin. He's, He's starting to come on a little bit. Devin DuBernay, was a rookie for this year, and James Prochet is another rookie from this year. And they might be stealing some of his targets too. And um, Mark Andrews, I mean, he seemed like Lamar Jackson's favorite favorite receiver anyway. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm staying, away. staying yeah. away from Marquise Brown. More competition for touches mm-hmm. in that
0: offense. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dobbins gets a little receiving work out of the backfield too. I know Lamar yeah. Jackson likes to scramble, but – Uh, Just a lot of competition for targets more than last year, certainly, in that offense. Yep. All right. Well, that was fun, Brent. I enjoyed that AFC North preview, so keep an eye on some of those players. Do your buying and selling and, and get those sleepers and avoid those dodges. Next up, we have the Fantasy Lifeline, and today we're throwing it out to
2: a listener. Hey, Fantasy Players Club. This is Trevin. I received a private recording of Brent. He doesn't know I have this. It was recorded without his knowledge. Normally, I would be very against passing along a recording like this where it is such a private matter for him. Unfortunately, in this case, I think it has some relevance. If Brent is going to be passing along advice for fantasy football, I think the listeners deserve to know about Brent's private life in this specific instance. So I'll go ahead and
3: play that now. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Brent and I am an addict. It has been one day since I last relapsed. I took Kerry and Johnson in my most recent fantasy draft. I justified my pick by saying that he will be a bell cow while DeAndre Swift is only a rookie and Detroit will be happy to let Swift play backup for his first year. I knew immediately that this was false and it was me falling back into my old habits. I can't stop picking timeshare running backs, I am absolutely addicted to it. Sometimes I lay in bed at night thinking about Jonathan Stewart and DeAngelo Williams being on the same team. Before I know it, the sun is coming up and I realize I have once again spent my entire night staring at the ceiling thinking about two players on the same team each getting 10 carries. Although these decisions have tanked every one of my fantasy football leagues, I will not let these actions define my life.
0: <laughs> so there you have it. That was yes. recorded prior to last week when you said you had DeAngelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart on your roster. Really? <laughs> so after that, I had to play it this week. Obviously. Yeah.
1: So he he made that recording before I mentioned that yeah. I Stewart. Wow. That's yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so it was perfect. <laughs> your comments that was perfect. Wow. Uh, well, I mean you gotta realize all these running backs are in timeshares. I mean not everybody's Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, maybe Joe Mixon. I mean that's that's only four running backs we're talking about here. Come on, so
0: Okay. I mean, Let's go through a list here. Are you ready? Would you say Christian yeah. McCaffrey is a bell Yeah. Saquon Barkley. Yes. Ezekiel Elliott.
1: Yes, but it's getting close from being a timeshare. <laughs> getting close Alvin Kamara has he ever been a Belkow I don't know if he's a true bell Cow, but I mean, he does he, produce he, like one he's, he's a good fantasy running back don't get me wrong without Ingram there
0: with Davis Murray isn't getting a lot of work with Kamara's Southie
3: he, he, he played
0: pretty good last year
1: even without when the, when Kamara was hurt last year, I
0: yeah. thought when Kamara was hurt, he was good. But I'm just saying he's not taking touches away from Kamara.
1: I, I wouldn't call him a bell cow, though.
0: <laughs> okay, it, would you call it the
1: timeshare? Um, not really that either. It's yeah. it's kind of a different situation at New Orleans.
0: Okay, so we have four running backs so far, and no timeshares. We can agree on that.
1: Yeah. Okay, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I, I've never been a fan of Dalvin Cook. Is it a timeshare, Brent? Um, this year it's going to be, <laughs> but not so far. Not so far. Okay, I'll, get, I'll give you that. There's five. Even with even with his injuries in the past, I, I still won't call it a timeshare. Joe Mixon. It's getting close. It, <laughs> I mean, hey, remember I said we talked about Travion Williams and Rodney Anderson, but Lair's- this year I, I'll call Mixon a, a bell cow this year.
0: Okay, so they're six. What about Miles Sanders? No. You think that's a timeshare? You consider him and Boston Scott a timeshare?
1: And whoever else they get this offseason. Devontae Freeman's still out there. But right now? (sighs) I'd be shocked if Doug Peterson gave Miles Sanders the keys to to the backfield.
0: (laughs) So we're at six or seven. Can we call it not a timeshare right now? Based on what we know.
1: <laughs> I don't have Boston Scott's stats from the last six games.
0: He was good, but he was more of a third down back. And, you know, it wasn't getting a lot of tough run in first and second down. Okay. Yeah. Right? Are we are we good there? I suppose. So that's six or seven, right? So they're, now next we get to Josh Jacobs.
1: I do like him. Um, <laughs> I, I think he'll be a bell cow. So there's
0: seven or eight. What about Jonathan Taylor?
1: No, he he won't be a bell cow. No. I mean, at least this year he won't be.
0: Dude, we might there's, say that's a timeshare this year with, with Marlon Mack.
1: Yeah, and, and, and Hines too. Okay. Getting some catches.
0: Yeah, so there's seven to eight. Still, I'm not counting Jonathan Taylor.
1: Clyde Edwards to learn. He'll share time with Damian Williams or whoever else wants to win that number two job at Kansas City.
0: Yeah. What about – I think we're probably in agreement that J.K. Dobbins is marking them our timeshare this year. For this year. And DeAndre Swift and uh, Perion Johnson.
1: Yep, for this year.
0: Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yep. Time Cam Akers.
1: Yeah, that's – that's a big old time share. <laughs> okay well, about Derek Henry? That's a tough one.
3: <laughs> oh come on the, the last
1: year last year he was a bell cow, um but a bell cow, I consider a bell cow being like the guy for multiple years. I mean, if we're talking dynasty, you want a bell cow.
0: We're not talking about bell cows. We're talking about which backfields are timeshares and which are not. Okay. So you can – I think you can – there's a spot in between the two where you can not be a bell cow, but also not be in a timeshare. Yeah. And I would also argue that Derek Henry is a bell cow. He got 34 carries against the Patriots, yeah. 30 against the Ravens. Yeah, 19th. definitely
1: definitely. last year. They just – they probably want, don't want to do that again. I and mean, maybe – Maybe in the playoffs, I mean, they, they'll they be fine with giving him 30 carries a game. But I think they'll be
0: fine all season because he's on the franchise tag and they're not going to sign him long-term.
1: Well, Darrington Evans, was he drafted in the second or third round? I think it was third. Let me look. There, there's a reason why they drafted running back that high.
0: Because Henry's on the franchise tag and he's
1: probably not coming back. Well, I mean, that and they need someone to help take, off, take some of the load off of him.
0: Uh Darrington Evans was taken at the end of the third round, picked 93 overall. Okay.
1: Yeah, but, yeah. It, I, I mean, I can't say that. Derek you can't Henry say that's a
0: time chart this year.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we're at
0: 8-9 so far, right? What about Aaron Jones?
1: Not this year. <laughs> I mean, not really last year either. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Jamal Williams got somewhere,
0: but Aaron Jones was... Getting a lot, Yeah, I mean, he had a good fantasy year. Yeah, he's like the number three running back in fantasy mm-hmm. on PPR scoring last year. So, let's see. He had 236 carries last year in the regular season. Still maintaining that that's time share. So 15 carries a game plus another,
1: let's see, 49 catches. He's only getting 15 carries a game. And three receptions. so yeah, he's, de- he's definitely sharing some of those carries with someone, <laughs> especially when they draft a running back in the second round this year.
0: <laughs> okay. So Austin Eckler, is he a timeshare this year or is he the lead guy? He,
1: he's he's a true timeshare running back. But, um, he's um, he's going to get catches. He's in a lineup at receiver, so I think he's in a true timeshare with Justin Jackson. Okay. What about Leonard Fournette? Oh, that's another one. He's just not that good, I don't think.
0: <laughs> but he's not in the time share.
1: That's the no, question. no, no. He's he's not. He is not. So we're no, at I'll, give, I'll give you that
0: nine to ten right now, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Let's see. Who else do we have here? You gotta realize these nine to ten running backs that like you said. There's some question marks. <laughs> yes. Running. Okay.
0: But I think there are probably some where you're leading more towards a time chair, and it's. A fast and loose definition that we're playing with here. I'm yeah. giving you the benefit of the doubt. I'm letting you pretty much call the shots. I'm I pushed back on Miles Sanders. You gave me that one. Some of these other ones I've
1: yeah, not pushed back as much. This this upcoming year will be Miles Sanders' second year, right? Yes. Jordan Howard it, Jordan Howard looked Um during that time. If Jordan Howard didn't get hurt, let's let's I not get
0: too far. Down that road here. I just want to get through some more examples and you can tell me. <laughs> I want to see how many we can come up with. So All let's right. do rapid fire, okay? Okay, okay. So we got Kenyon Drake.
1: Time share with Chase Edmonds this year.
0: <laughs> we got Darius Guys. That one's probably the timeshare.
1: Darius Geis won't even be the second string running back for the Redskins.
0: Ooh, hot from Red. Okay, Todd Gurley.
1: No. Um okay. Yeah, he'll be sharing time with Ido Smith. I, I mean, Gurley will probably get hurt by the time that comes, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm I'm staying away from Gurley and everything.
0: Well, I'm staying away from him. I just don't know. Like, there's not a lot of other options in that backfield. That yeah, are, I mean, you, you're going to you're
1: gonna see running backs where you're used to them being a bell cow running back and not in a timeshare. They need to
0: So, they need, they let need me ask you a question. Change. What in your mind defines, if you had to define a timeshare, what would you say the definition is?
1: Um, kind of like Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler the last couple of years. D'Angelo Evans, Jonathan Stewart was a great timeshare years ago.
0: But like, So are we saying for it to be a timeshare, one running back, you have two running backs each getting at least – 40% Basically, of the touches? 30% of the touches?
1: I'm not really looking at that. I'm looking at getting running backs at a good price, whether it be in a, in the draft or by trade, and you're not spending that much on them because they don't look too valuable right now. But if something happens to one of the other guys that they're sharing time with, that could be a league winner for you.
0: Right, but what makes it a time share?
1: It's just that you're sharing close to 50 percent of the carries. so if you
0: had a backfield that was or, or snaps, 60, I 60 say. 40 you would say that's Time share. Yeah. what if it's 70
1: um, 30 that's getting close I th- I'd have to say the I'd have to say the breaking point is probably around 65 35
0: okay so okay let's run through a few more Melvin Gordon
1: for the Broncos, right. He'll be in a timeshare. Okay, uh, Le'Veon Bell. He'll be in a timeshare. And can, can I expect injuries too when it comes to this? Or are we assuming everybody's going to be healthy? I, mean, cause, uh, cause I think you can add, you can add
0: that. Add that co- you can add that caveat in your answer if you want to. Okay. So your answer is you expect Le'Veon Bell to be on a timeshare with Frank Gore and the Michael P. Ryan? I don't.
1: I don't expect Le'Veon Bell to get sixty-five percent of the, the snaps at running back because the, of injury or just because of a little bit of both. Okay, David Montgomery. That's that's a good question. <laughs> um, there's a good chance. I mean, I, I don't see Tre'Quan getting any, getting very many carries. But um, I just don't see who else can play behind – or ahead of Montgomery. It, Brian Knoll, really? Some I not mean, <laughs> a time share. Sure. Rapid fire,
0: Brent. Come on. <laughs>
1: uh, if we're going by by actual carries, David Montgomery might get 65% of the actual carries. But Treat Cohen I – mean, I mean, he'll still get a lot of catches. He, he got yeah, a lot of catches. He has a role. He, yeah. So, I mean, if you consider Treat Cohen a timeshare running back, I mean, he he gets his catches. So You might consider him as a wide receiver, just playing running back. All right. Final answer, Brent. Timeshare or not? <laughs> for 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 this coming year, I'll say yeah. Hey, um, David, <laughs> David David Montgomery is gonna be no. David Montgomery's gonna be. Over 65%, so I'll say bell cow, I guess.
0: Oh, yeah. You are totally skewing these answers to try to support your stance <laughs> that there are not that many non timeshares out there. So, uh, got a couple more, and then we'll wrap it up. All right. James Conner.
1: Well, we kind of talked about it. I don't think he'll get 65% of the carries by the end of the year.
0: All right. I'd probably lean a little bit the other way, I think. I expect Anthony McFarlane to get some work, but I don't know if it'll be that much. Well, uh, this might be the last one based on what I'm seeing. David Johnson.
1: Mm. Not a fan.
0: I don't like him, but <laughs> I don't think that I don't know who else is going to take carries. In- I know. I
1: know. It's it's going to be someone else. I think. I, I I don't see him getting more than sixty five percent of the carries. Because of injury, or game it, injury, it, injury, and I mean partly because of Bulls. He he wasn't he wasn't that good. Okay, so, so
0: last one ready?
1: Yeah, Chris Carson. That's definitely a timeshare there. See, the, the, the I lean that I'm,
0: way, but then I don't know. Like Rashad is hurt. I yeah. guess Carlos Hyde could get some work.
1: That that Seahawks backfield is one of the. One of the backfields that I'm really, really interested in to see this year. Yeah. I mean, we have Carson, Hyde, we have Penny, and then um, uh, we have Homer, who played in the playoffs last year. Yep. Uh, what, what's his name? They just drafted him. Dallas. DJ Dallas. I, I really like him, too. Uh, it, it's It just seems like it's a mess there, so it'll be interesting to see who's playing running back at the end of the year yeah. for the Seahawks.
0: So I think we ended up with nine to ten that you were willing to concede are not timeshares. And I think we could debate probably another five to ten
1: one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, do you think I wouldn't take any of those guys? No, I know you you love timeshare running backs. We've no, established well, I'm this. talking <laughs> about nine to ten. I mean, I would love to have Saquon Barkley on my team. Am I willing to pay a lot for him in, in Dynasty? maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'd, I'd rather have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or Patrick Mahomes or Michael Thomas, those types of players that that have a longer career that can give me 10 years of good playing instead of maybe 3 or 4. Yeah.
0: I think what we've learned, Brent, is that this intervention for your <laughs> problem has failed. I've did my best. Uh, so i apologize trevin i i did my best to bring him around but i just don't know if we can save him this is, disease has a strong hold on him <laughs> all right that was fun i liked going through that that was that was pretty fun uh so the last thing i wanted to do before we wrap up was just one more time mention the scott fishbowl Potathon just concluded tonight at about seven o'clock uh and We, of course, as we mentioned last episode, were a sponsor for a couple of segments on that. They ended up raising almost $36,000 as of the time of this recording on uh, the night of July 6th. So just an incredible event, raised a ton of money for a great cause, and well done to everybody who was involved with putting that on. It was a lot of fun to listen to. I know Brent and I both listened to different segments, and uh, just a really great event that raised a ton of money for charity. So bravo to the team over there at the Scott Fishbowl Podathon. Right, Anthony.
1: You want to add? No, it it was. I mean, it, it was fun to cool. It, it was fun to, to listen to, and I haven't got to listen to all of it. There's going to be some more that I want to listen to because it was it was like 30 hours straight, something of, like that. Yeah, of just straight twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more segments I want to listen to. A lot more fantasy people that I want to listen to that I'll probably get to maybe tomorrow or just later on this week, but it's, it's a pretty cool deal. I I remember hearing stories last year about how they buy toys for the unfortunate kids. And it's, it sounds like they have a lot more money than, than last year. So it's, it's a really cool deal.
0: Yeah, it is. I think they call them less fortunate, not unfortunate, Brent. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Less fortunate. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) uh unfortunate sounds like a accidental child <laughs> or something like a wolf true, true. <laughs> <laughs> all right With that said thanks for listening everybody if you like the show uh go ahead and it would help us a lot if you could subscribe rate and review our podcast again helps everybody know what they're getting into here in the fantasy players club uh if you leave us a five-star uh review with a roast we will be happy to read that on air so we'll keep an eye out for those Uh, We will have a new episode for you next week. Until then, thanks for being part of the Fantasy Players Club. On behalf of Brent Hudhud-Hikus, this is Levi Valentine signing off. Have a good night.
1: to think of another Houston <laughs> Texans running back that can play. I'm like, oh, shit.
0: Duke Johnson was the name you were looking oh, for. Oh, yes. Yes. Jeez. I wasn't going to give it to you, though, because you were being <laughs> difficult. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot. They don't. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't got anybody else to help out that backfield. I mean, I know they got David Johnson, but...
0: Yeah.
1: Duke's one of the
0: players always felt like had a lot of potential and for whatever reason nobody's ever just wanted to give him a shot as like a true lead back
3: Mm -hmm.
1: so i I actually drafted him and drafted him in the in the program league oh really i I was pretty high on him then i traded him a few years ago probably probably back when when you joined is when i traded him
0: yeah yeah